We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. On this Wednesday night, I'd rather keep Gannon Steichen if I can only choose one. And I'm more worried about the injuries than I am the coordinators here as we head towards the postseason. And uh, we also try to figure out how much a Phillies bat boy makes as Tucker's thinking about applying for the job, even though he's at an advanced age for that. So plenty to talk about. And we'll play Jalen Hurts or coming up. 215-592-9494. That's how you join the show. Is uh, It's starting to feel real now. The playoffs just a few days away. Saturday. Doug Peterson's Jaguars are playing, and the Niners, who everyone seems to um, to think, uh, you know, will be here for a title game coming up in a few weeks against the Eagles. They play Saturday as well, so we're getting close now. It's, it's starting to feel like a playoff week across the NFL, and uh, and the Eagles will find out their opponent by sometime uh, this weekend or Monday night. Joining us right now, though, we haven't been able to do this in a while. Just timing hasn't worked out. Um, I mean, he kind of got bumped for Trey Wingo during the season, which again wasn't our call. I mean, that would you call it an upgrade? I I would not. No, I wouldn't say that. That that wouldn't be fair to Elliot. No. Uh, but we've missed it. Elliot Shore Parks joined the show every Wednesday night for a while, and now eight o'clock on Wednesday, we have him back. Elliot, how you doing tonight? You know, there's no question that playoff football has truly arrived. The sign it's arrived is when us football guys get together and talk about it. So that's how you know the postseason is here. Yeah, and I imagine most of Philadelphia gathered around the radio, like kind of like uh, FDR's old fireside chats. People gather <laughs> exactly. around to listen to the football guys talk football. All right, yeah. Elliot, let's, let's start here. Biggest concern for you as we head to the postseason, and, and we were debating earlier, is it the injuries or is it coaching? Whether it be Sirianni, but I mean, you know how it works here. Most people are more worried about yeah. the coordinators and Gannon more than anything else. For you, what's what's a bigger concern? How you know how the injured players can come back if they can, or is it the coaching? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the injuries. That's not even a question. But I think specifically, it's really just one injury. It's the Jalen Hurts injury. If Jalen Hurts was one hundred percent and this injury never happened. And I think there'll be no questions they're going to the Super Bowl. And I think they probably still will. But having a quarterback with an injury to his throwing shoulder that the team is openly saying is bothering him during the game. And, you know, it, it hurts really bad, you know, after the game, during the game. He's sore after and all that. You know, that, that's really tough to, to go into the playoffs with. Is Lane Johnson a big injury? Absolutely. But great quarterback play can overcome that. And I think Jeff Stoutland can put together a good enough offensive line where he'll get good protection. This is really just going to come down to can Jalen play like Jalen. So I have no concern about the coaching staff. It, for me, it's just the uh, injury to Jalen's shoulder. Yeah, we're, we agree on that. I mean, I, I was talking about that last night. That I, Until I see him play like himself, I'm just worried. Because Sunday, like, he used the phrase good, phrase good enough, and it was good enough to beat the Giants to their backups, but he didn't play like himself. And, Elliot, what's weird, I saw you tweeted out the um, – the kind of the transcript of yesterday with Sirianni, the, yeah. the messaging feels strange from him specifically since Sunday. Like two weeks ago, he's sitting there joking around how Jalen's Superman, right? A superhuman, and he heals different than everybody else. So, all right, that's that's good, and, and maybe he does heal faster than most people. He's a great athlete. But then after the game and into yesterday, 
a lot of like he was really hurting. It was tough for him to be out there, mm-hmm. and it's it's not hurts pushing. And I mean, hurts kind of a man of few words. It's it's just weird hearing Sirianni talk so openly about how difficult this game was for Hurts to get through. Yeah, and, you know, I'll always appreciate honesty uh, from head coaches and players. I think nowadays a lot of times athletes and head coaches are afraid to tell the truth just because of the media market in general, not just in Philly, but overall. You know, if you say anything controversial, it's a big deal. So, you know, I appreciate that he was honest, but the flip side of this to me is they have no reason really to admit he's hurt. I mean, he's playing now. Right. So they, whoever they play in the first round, whether it be the Cowboys, you know, the Buccaneers, if the Giants can pull off an upset, they now know that this, the Eagles are uh, talking openly about how injured Jalen still is. So I'm surprised they're using this game plan. I mean, obviously, when they go up to the podium, they have an idea of what they want to say and to come out since the game. Because it's not just yesterday uh, when Sirianni talked, um, even Sunday. Right. Both of them were honest about kind of how, how they were, how Jalen was feeling. I'm just surprised that they're they're willing to admit how how much he's really struggling with. Them. Yeah, I am too. Uh, and I, you know, we never really got the full extent of the injury, so we don't know if it was like a grade two or three. Maybe it, it really needed four weeks, and he came back in two. So we don't know. I mean, we won't know until he plays here in the game. Elliot, the other thing that I, I think is interesting is you know, it kind of the backdrop of a playoff game next week. Is their two coordinators are, are interviewing for jobs? They're they're in the mix for yeah. jobs, and. I don't think either uh, would be particularly easy to replace, but I'll throw it at you this way. If you could only keep one, if, if you were the Eagles and you could only, you could like guarantee one stays and that means the other one goes, how would you choose it? Man, it's such a tough question because I really think both uh, have done a great job. And that's uh, clear by the fact that they're both getting interviews for head coaching jobs with multiple teams, right? So clearly these are two coaches that have, that have done a good job. There is part of me that wants to stay Steichen because I think ultimately offense just matters way more than defense in this league. So I would be hesitant to, uh, you know, to lose the play caller. But I do think that he could be easier, easily replaced, at, easier to replace, I should say, because um, Sirianni's still the one that's building the offense. He's still the one that's coming, uh, you know, throughout the week about what the play call is going to be in certain spots. Gannon, on the other hand, does all the defense by himself. I'm not saying Sirianni's never in meeting, but he controls that whole defense. And when you look at the Eagles' defense, they've been outstanding this year. So while I think Steichen would be a loss, I think he would just be a little easier to replace than Gannon would. So I'd probably say Gannon. Elliot, let's look forward to this weekend, wildcard weekend, and we're going to find out the Eagles' opponent. I mean, we could find it out as early as Saturday if it's a Seattle upset. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll, know, we'll know Sunday or Monday who they're going to play uh, of the four options, Seattle, Giants, and then obviously Tampa and Dallas, give me the team you think would be the easiest matchup and the one you think would be the most difficult uh, in the division round. Yeah, so I think the easiest matchup would be the Giants. Um, you know, obviously Seahawks are right there with them, but I think because they don't play the Seahawks as much, they wouldn't be as prepared for them. They've seen the Giants twice. They played them uh, last year. I know the different coaching staff, but, you know, they, they've, they've played them more often. Than Seattle. Seattle seems to be a team that always kind of gives them problems. I'm not sure why, but they always seem to. The Giants, on the other, on the other hand, I think might have the worst roster of any playoff team. I don't think Daniel Jones is good. I don't think their receivers are good. I think Saquon's overrated. I think their defense is only okay. So I will take the team with with less talent. Uh, you know, of those two. Now, who would be the toughest matchup? That's a tough one to answer because I do think Dallas is a more talented team than Tampa. But I do think Tampa would, would have one key thing going into Dallas wouldn't. They would not be afraid of coming into Philadelphia. I think Tom Brady and that team would you know, be very open to it. Obviously, I think that they've had success against the Eagles. You look at what they did last year. 
twice when they played him and uh, played them, and obviously Tom Brady's had a ton of success. So it's razor thin between those two. But if I had to pick which one to play, I would probably pick Dallas. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know the, the division games are possible, right? The two, two two teams, the Giants and Cowboys, could be a third time we right. see them, which is is just kind of rare. We don't see that very often in the postseason, uh, but we certainly could now. Elliot Shore Parks joining us. We get set for the postseason. The Eagles with a bye week, and then of course uh, they'll play sometime next weekend. Elliot. Uh, all year, I think when we've talked, whether it be on the air or off the air, we've thought this is the best team in the NFC. Do you still think they are? Because I feel like perception, and not just here in Philadelphia, but kind of everywhere, is that the Niners have either either caught or surpassed them. Do you still think they're the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I think that that debate has been an interesting one. And where I kind of come down on it is it's fair to be concerned that the Eagles might not be, but I think it's unfair to actually put the Niners ahead of them. I think the gap is probably closed because of Jalen's injury. Uh, and because, look, they've been playing well. There's no question about it. But I still think the Eagles have a better offense. I think their defense is right there with the 49ers. I know everyone loves D'Amico Ryans and hates Jonathan Gannon. But if you look at it, their defenses are very similar. Uh, D'Amico blitzes even less than Jonathan Gannon does. So I think the defense is basically a wash. But I'll take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy is pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, with, with all these, you know, analyzing this matchup and that matchup, whatever. Ultimately, it really just comes down to which team has the better quarterback. Even in 2017, Nick Foles outplayed all the quarterbacks that, uh, that, that he went up against, right, which is why they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Jalen is more talented than Brock Purdy. He's more talented than, I mean, I, actually every quarterback in the NFC when you consider Tom Brady's age. So are the 49ers the second-best team? Yeah, I think they are but I don't think they've passed the Eagles as the best team. So it's funny you brought up 2017 and, and Nick and, and obviously the championship game against uh, Case Keenum because yesterday, Elliot, um, had someone from BetMGM on my BetQL show and asked him about the the odds in the NFC because they're, they're close right now. Mm-hmm. The Eagles may be slightly above them, but it's like almost even between the two teams. And, and he had said the only reason that is is because the Niners have to play one more game. And, and his, mm-hmm. his assumption is by next week – the market will have the Niners as the favorite, which my antenna went off right away. Because, Elliot, I think that means if, if he's right, and I, he's a trader, I mean, knows what he's talking about, I think we're heading towards the Eagles as a home underdog to the Niners in the NFC title game, which is just like it was in 2017. Do you think that would be good for this group? Because in 2017, they obviously fed off of that, like the, the underdog right. mass. Like, that became their thing. This group's been a favorite all year. How do you think it would be if, if they if they knew they were the underdog at home against the Niners? Yeah, I don't think it would be a good thing if they were an underdog because if they're an underdog in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco, to me, that'll be because Jalen didn't play well in the first playoff game. Like Maybe they, they'll, they'll survive it if he doesn't play well. But I think if they play their first playoff game, whether it be against whoever, Dallas, Tampa, you know, New York, Seattle, whatever – if they come out and play really well and Jalen looks like Jalen, I don't think they'll be a home underdog. So I think if they were a home underdog in the championship game, that would that would be a sign that Jalen, you know, kind of turned in his second average slash poor performance since he missed time with the shoulder injury. And in that case, maybe it would be a fair underdog. But, I, I, yeah, I don't think it would be a good thing. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, Elliot, let's end with this. Um, Tucker was asking a question or kind of wondering how much a bat boy gets paid, like a Phillies bat boy. What's your guess? I mean, my guess was 50 bucks a game, and then I have some people telling me it's way more than that, like it's hundreds a game. If you had a guess, how much do you think a bat boy gets paid per game? Well, here's a better question. Who do you think gets the money? Because I don't know how old these bat boys are, but, like, are they getting the money? Do the parents get the money? Is the check written out to them? Like, because like, of their ages? So 
that would be one thing I would be interested in knowing. Are we going to, you know, hear these stories in a few years about <laughs> parents taking all the bat boy money and, you know, now they have to sue to get it back? Like, that would be one thing I'd be interested in. But in terms of actual money, my guess is it's probably less than you think because it's a really cool experience and they could get anybody to do it. And when you can get anybody to do a job, it's you know often not a well a good paying. One. Yeah, and it's in line, and it's usually children, right? They don't need to be compensated yeah. as much as an adult. Yeah, they're, they're not, to... They don't have agents. They're not negotiating right. there. You know, <laughs> they don't need to support yeah. themselves. Yeah, that that's a good point, <laughs> Elliot. Exactly. Appreciate you hopping on, uh, and we'll talk. Let's do it again next week before the playoff game. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Jim. All right, there he goes, Elliot Shore Park. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that aspect of the whole thing. I mean, but again, I I would think. If they're 14 or older, they'll get their own money, right? Like if you have a, a job and you're in high school or whatever. So all this conversation about this and all these opinions, are you being pushed more likely to apply or not? I mean, that's how they got me to agree to my salary here. What, your parents get the money? No, they said it'll be less because it's such a cool experience. Yeah, that's how they get all of us here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want to do this? You can talk about the Eagles all the time. Cool, sign me up for how much? Get home at 1230 every night? No problem. Yeah, um... But I mean, that's true. I mean, us aside, that that is true, right? Like jobs that are cool. No, then that's not every job that's cool. You make you don't make any money. But like, I think Elliot's probably right. They don't have to pay a lot. Every the supply far supersedes the demand. Well, yeah, you would think every fourteen-year-old kid in the area that likes the Phillies, if they had a chance to do it, would want to be the bat boy. Some of the twenty-seven-year-old kids in the area would like to be the yeah, bat boy. Yeah, that's your kid is the right word. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Gannon or Steichen, one stays, one goes. You pick. And my biggest worry is is easily the injuries between Hertz and hopefully he could be close to 100%. Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, even Miles Sanders, who had the knee brace late in the season. Are they going to get enough out of those guys? That's my worry. And more than the coordinators. These are good coordinators they have here, especially Jonathan Gannon. 215-592-9494. All right, let's grab uh, – we got Mike and Exton here. I think he wants to talk some John Oates. What's up, Mike? Um, Joe, enough of this uh, uh, bad boy, ball boy stuff. Ruben Amaro is still a ball boy. Get him on the line. Well, we could get Ruben. We've had him plenty of times. We can get Ruben on yeah, the show. Isn't he still doing it as a side job? I mean, you, I, I'm not sure he'd be willing to reveal his salary on the air. <laughs> All right, number two. Okay. Uh, as the only one on this pathetic station who is a veteran of Philadelphia's Live Aid, the John Oates thing has got to go, Joey. I look at you and I see a couple of your pictures, and I'm thinking Buddy Holly. So I'm more Buddy Holly than I am. What do you Is think? It the glasses? I, I, I definitely. Hey, I saw I saw them there. I saw I saw them at the man a couple of years ago. I know who John Oates is. <laughs> Joey is not John Oates. They, I try to tell him. I mean, I I'm, I agree with you on that, Mike. I mean, we're not going to debate that. I'm with you. What the hell is Tucker now? Anyway, so anyway, finally, you know how I love to call in now and do impersonations, Joe Conklin impersonations. (laughs) This one is of Ray Dinger. Okay. He he was on with Angelo the other day, which made my day. And anyway, they were going at I mean, not going at they were just talking. And and Ray Dinger almost had a stroke because of the Chicago band. And that and that's what I am saying, and that's why we're in the position we're in. He says he could not. I don't know if you guys heard it, uh, but I did. And he said he could not believe went down in the game. It was a frozen field, and he ran seventeen times. The bear game, the bear. Correct. Game. Correct. 
Yes. Uh, so so Ray was back with those guys today. I, I heard a little bit. No, of no, it. no. The other day he was back with them. To, he was on with Joe and uh, John, and then he was on with Angela, and that was a more interesting conversation. So is Ray unretired now? What is going on, Mike? You breaking news to me? Is he back? Is Ray back? He, he's gonna be. He's gonna be a bad boy. He's gonna be a ball boy. <laughs> no. He has. He, you know, you used to play baseball. Yeah. Now that would be a scene if I turned into a Phillies game and there's Ray. It's very good to have him back, though. I love him well, so of much. Of course. Mike, we appreciate it. Uh, so is Ray back? What's going on? He's doing spots on Angelo, spots on Cameron Ritchie. Is Ray back? Yeah. How do we get him on the evening show? Well, I mean, I just want to I just need to answer. I need that question answered. Is Ray back? Is this like Jordan? Is it like Favre? Jordan, is Jets, Favre, Ray Didinger? Didinger. Yeah. Is it, I mean, or is it Vikings that did uh, Favre? I mean, that well, was the first a, year was pretty good. The second year, not not so much. Yeah, that first year NFC Championship game. I mean, I, I am yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm always excited to hear Ray Dittinger's voice on WIP. It's, I just didn't think I'd be hearing it. You know what it is? The, the allure of a playoff run. It's tough to tough to say now. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, why is Angelo still here? Right? He wanted to stick around through this season. It's been such a special season. He didn't want to you know stop his show. That he started, you know, the continuation of the show that started at the beginning of the season and just ended. I get it. Everyone wants to latch on to a potential Super Bowl run. They don't come around every day. But I, um, it's great if Ray is back. But I just, do you think we get an official unretirement announcement or are you just going to pop on shows? I hope he shows up wearing that shirt that Joe and Hurts wore the other day. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Ray in a t-shirt. Me neither. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could sew it on like a flannel or something. Yeah, for some him. sort of button down makes more sense. It, yeah, we're, we'll sew I'm back on a button down short sleeve shirt. Tom is in Sea Isle City. Hey, Tom. How you guys doing tonight? Good, Tom. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that the Bat Boy probably makes about three grand a year. That's my prediction. So three grand and, a uh, year over. A year. Uh, eight, now, that's 81. 81 games. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah. Nah, it's not much. I don't know that they're paying him that much, but uh, he makes more than that. Hey, God bless him. I'm hoping he makes 80. But uh, I'm thinking three grand a year. But I wanted to call. Everybody's talking about Gannon, and mm-hmm. I had a couple issues with Gannon, but not many. But really, the, I, nobody seems to touch on it. But the head coach and the offensive coordinator, I know we're 14 and three, and we got you know some players and everything like that. But uh, the Chicago game in our last game, I mean, you ran Jalen so many RPOs. And wound up you know, hurting him for the rest of the season. And for me, I mean, I don't know what the offense coordinator was thinking. And if I'm the head coach, I got to overrule him. I got to say, whoa, timeout. We got we got to throw something. We got to run the ball. They didn't run the ball. And then I'm a season ticket holder. And our last game, Jalen Hurts with a bad shoulder. They threw the ball nine consecutive times right off the get. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that. I don't, t- get, I don't get his thinking. Well, I mean, the, the one thing I'll is- say about this past game, and you're, and you're right about the Bear game and how much they ran him over the year. I actually thought Sunday, the way they designed it, I never thought he was in, in real trouble. Like, yes, they threw a lot, but they were most of those were like short, quick passes, right? The ball was out of his hands pretty fast, and they didn't run him at all. So I, I thought the game plan Sunday, although it was kind of vanilla and blah, they, they didn't put him in harm's way this past week. Well, it was they were quick. Yeah, you know, quick, they, a lot definitely. of quick passes. He had a couple long passes. He had to stay in there for a little bit. But uh, you're still risking a uh, chance of somebody getting missing a block and creaming him, you know. And for him to throw the ball that much, they should have ran the ball. We have some beasts on that offensive line. Let's use them. You got a Jaguar. You don't have a Ford Escort. You got a Jaguar. You run it. 
you know, you run that baby. And yeah, well, it seems like they're not using, you know, all their tools. And to me, it's frustrating because now we have a quarterback that's hurt that is the MVP, and I don't really care what anybody says, but he really is the MVP. But now he's not going to get it. I know it's not uh, personal accolades or anything like that, but he's not going to get it when he really does deserve it. But they they ran him so many times in that Chicago game. They had to like the sixth time RPO. They he didn't see an edge. He had to kept the kept the ball, and they had a safety come up and kept creaming him. I mean that they figured that they figured them out. Well, you're they, Tom. They, you, they, he, they, he took a lot of hit. Tom. You make a lot of good points, uh, and I I agree with some of what you're saying. But I, I, let me say this about the running of Jalen Hurts. I think we should not pretend. Sometimes I think we do this thing where it's like when the bad thing happens, then we start talking about it. In week one, week one, Jalen Hurts ran 17 times. And you know what I said the day after that game? I said they're playing a dangerous game. Like they they were asking for this all year. They really were. Now, it is. I think it's hard not to do it because he's so good at it and it makes the offense so much better. But you know what Jalen Hurts' legs have been for the Eagles for two years now, for Sirianni and for Steichen. They're a crutch. They need a first down. Jalen, go get us a first down. They want to create a numbers advantage in the box. Jalen will just run. No big deal. And as far as why they didn't run as much on Sunday, has anyone started to wonder if their run game isn't as good as we think it is without his legs? I have. Right? Obviously, they weren't going to use him as a runner on Sunday. Well, maybe the run game isn't as effective because the Giants don't have to worry about that that other runner in the backfield. Like, if just hands... We've given a lot of credit to this offensive line the last two years, and they're good. But for how good they are is that they could run the ball on anybody. Can they? Or do they run the ball on anybody most of the time because Jalen Hurts creates a numbers advantage for them, and when they don't have that numbers advantage, it's, it's Miles Sanders and a pretty good offensive line. Yeah, I mean, the two games that he didn't start, the Cowboys and Saints game, they had 87 rushing yards and 67 rushing yards. Yeah, and I don't think that's all because they just chose not to run. I think they weren't as effective at it, so they didn't do it as much. Um I didn't lose my mind after the Bears game because I kind of was waiting for it all year. And maybe it's just like I'm a doom and gloom fan. But, like, when you're running a quarterback nearly 200 times, eventually he's going to get hit. Yeah, and the timing of it was probably terrible, right? Like, if this had happened week five or week six and he was back by the beginning of November right, and was healthy, now I think we'd all be fine. Like, if I had told you in August before the season Jalen Hurts had the numbers he has and he only missed two games, I think everybody would have signed up for it. The timing stinks, though, because we're going into the postseason. But the timing stinks because he's a huge question mark. Is we're how many days away from the postseason now? 13, 14? 10 for their game, right, though? Right next Sunday's 10 days? If they 10 play days? Sunday, yeah, I think it's something like 10 days, right? Yeah, nine or 10 days, depending if they play Saturday or Sunday of next weekend. Yeah, and we don't know. We just don't know how effective he's going to be, how healthy he's going to be. And the other thing that it's just like Lane Johnson. Yes, he's going to play. We know that. Is he going to be okay when he takes a shot on his shoulder? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Is Lane Johnson going to be okay when he twists quickly to, to pick up a, a stunt? I have no idea. And it's, it is it is the blessing and the curse of having a Jalen Hurts, of having a Steve McNair, of having a Cam Newton. You have these guys, and they're dynamic, and they change the game, and they make it easier to play offense, but they don't they can't do it physically without eventually it takes a toll. And that's where we're at right now. It doesn't mean Jalen can't play well in the postseason, but it's 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 part of all this. 215-592-9494. Um, all right, so what was that? The 40 bucks an hour? The the three thousand dollar guess? Well, that was forty bucks a game. Forty bucks a game, right? Excuse me, not hour. So forty bucks a game. We, this is maybe the the widest variety of um of guesses we've had on this or any sort of 
silly thing we bring up in a long time. Yeah, I, I stand by fifty bucks a game. So that's I guess that's not that much more than than our last caller said. No, I mean statistically, that's twenty five percent more. Yeah, I guess percentage percentage wise it is. But what what would fifty bucks a game be? Four thousand bucks for the year. Yeah, give or take, depending yeah. on postseason. Yeah, well, all right. Well, it's the Phillies. I mean, you can't count on the postseason. Maybe we're in an era now where we get a few of those, but uh, historically, you can't count on the postseason with the Phillies. 215-592-9494. I believe we are heading towards something, and I mentioned Elliot a few minutes ago, as this playoffs evolve. If we get a certain matchup, I believe we're heading towards something. And I disagree with Elliot. I actually think it would be a good thing for this town and for this team. We'll discuss that next. Your phone calls... Gannon Steichen, one stays, one goes. And who are you more worried about? Or what are you more worried about? What's the biggest concern? Injuries or the coordinators or coaches? I- I'm way more worried about the injuries here. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers get up to $100 of free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL, same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you'll get back at free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. All right, here right, let's build one for the Jaguars-Chargers game. I'm going to go Chargers minus the 2.5. Let's go over with Austin Eckler's receptions, and let's go over... Keenan Allen yards in this game. Build your own or choose one of the popular same-game parlay. It's pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? You can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose, when signing up with promo code GILIO. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.